Hey, Joe. Hey, Ian. How was your weekend? It was all right. How was yours? <laughs> it was good. I went home for the weekend. It was um, it was it was really nice. We've been having super nice weather lately. You know, sometimes you're having a nice nice day. It's beautiful outside, and then when you least expect it, Mars attacks. Sweet Streams Podcast. My name is Joe Walsh. And I'm Ian. This week uh, on the pod, we watched Mars Attacks with an exclamation point. 1996. 1996. And it's about, uh, it is, it, it, the title is pretty much what it is. It's Mars Attacks. Right. Um, <clears throat> what, let's get into, let's just get right into it, right? How, how What was your first impressions of this uh Allow me to read the summary from IMDb for this film. Okay. Uh, here it is. Earth is invaded by Martians with unbeatable weapons and a cruel sense of humor. Uh, and that pretty much sums it up. Uh, That's the whole summary? Yeah. That's that, what it says? Just That's really funny. This movie's hard to even describe. It's so much... It's a pretty dense plot. And, um, I mean, it's not a dense plot. It's actually a pretty bare, threadbare plot. I picked this movie. Mm-hmm. Last week, I picked this movie, on, as our listeners know. What was your motive in picking it? You know, I have no idea. I was watching the... I was scrolling through Hulu, Hulu? Um, and I saw the thumbnail, and it looked interesting. I said, it said Jack Nicholson. I said, oh my God, I didn't know Jack Nicholson was in this. So I thought it would be... I, I picked it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, this I, this is my doing. I, I take full <laughs> responsibility. But this week, when this whole week I knew I had to watch it at some point, I have never been filled with a more impending sense of dread and doom I just I do not want to watch this. I kept putting it off day after day after day. Oh, I just wow. didn't want to put this on. There's so many things to watch out there. I did not want to watch Mars Attacks, <laughs> and I, I and I felt horrible for picking it. That's funny. But I, I actually I'm s- happy you picked this movie. But we watched it, and it was. I had never s- seen this movie before. I had never seen it either. I think I had seen like um, the the pictures of it, like uh, pictures of the aliens, and I always yeah. assumed it was like a remake or something like yeah of like a 50s movie it seems that way i i i didn't feel like i had watched it but watching it i did like oh yeah i've seen parts of this somewhere like some clips from this it's weird it seems like it must be like remaking like a 50 because it is very like uh campy b movie Mm -hmm. but in actuality it's it's based off it's an adaptation of a trading card series from the 1960s called mars attacks uh trading card yeah, which I guess was very popular, but I, I, I so I looked into it. I guess it's there's like pretty uh, developed backstories in this trading card series. What are you trading the aliens? Or? I don't understand what trading card series even means, but it's it's, it's like a pretty like Yu-Gi-Oh. Or a little bit, but there's like plot. There's like a really developed. There's far more plot in the trading card series than in this movie, from what I reckon. But Tim Burton wanted to. Tim Burton was developing this for several years with a screenwriter by the name of Jonathan Gems. But but they wanted to pay hom- homage to B movies and campy sci-fi of their youth, which makes sense. I mean, this is does this was made in 1996, but it sort of does feel like it could have been made in like the 50s or something, like a very old school B movie. Yeah, if it didn't have like 90s actors in them in it. Yeah. yeah. So dozens of scripts were written. Jonathan James was fired. Then he was rehired. 
His original draft had an estimated budget of $260 million. It, it would have followed 60 lead characters and taken place in countries all... I mean, cities all over the world had part, had a subplot in China and India. Oh, my God. Warner Brothers stepped in and said, <laughs> no. We don't want to fund that. Yeah. $260 million in 1996 would have been an astronomical budget. Yeah. Like 60 that. lead characters is is also too <laughs> So they cut it down. There's there's 23 leads in this movie. 23 people are accredited. Yeah, it's already too many stories going on. So yeah, but so they were working on this for many years and and I think I th- by all accounts this they thought it would, they had something on their hands. They thought it was going to be a big hit. But so th- they they start filming with an intended release date of December 1996 and they finished production. I'm sure they're excited. They finally got this in the can. We're waiting for it until December. And then July of 1996. Do you know what happens? In, what happens? Independence Day comes out. Oh, boy. It is a worldwide phenomenon. And it screws everybody. Yeah. Tim Burton has given interviews of just how heartbroken he was when he saw, <laughs> <laughs> when he saw Independence Day just really capture the global. The, just saw the ratings, the you know the box office numbers. America and the world just fell in love with Will Smith. He shed a tear. Yeah. Just in Independence Day you know far better than this movie in my opinion right wow but um yeah so this movie actually bombed cost a hundred million dollars to make and it only made nine million its opening weekend oh my god i think eventually you know with like they broke worldwide i think worldwide it did a little better eventually i think they broke even but by all accounts it's considered a considered a one of the notorious box office failure damn what what was the budget? Hundred million? I think it was eighty million, and they spent twenty million to market this this thing. Jesus Christ! But crazy, crazy that cast. Is such a that's such a loss. Yeah, but one of the most stacked casts I think in any movie. I've yeah, ever I, seen. most of the budget must have gone to just paying the actors, right? Hiring the actors. Yeah. I I also like would maybe say the CGI. Oh, I don't know. The CGI is really. It's not. I, I, I want to talk know. about that later. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But do you, should we run through? I know usually our, our listeners are accustomed to us going through the plot right. uh, point by point. I, I literally think that would be both impossible and pointless for this movie. Yeah. It's just, so I think it might be easier if we go through the cast and describe each each character and their journey with Mars attacking. Yeah. Because the movie is sort of set up in that it's it's not really about any. This is about America's response to when Mars attacks. It's about America's response to the attack, and it shows different people from different walks of life and how they're experiencing the the Mars the Mars attack. The Martians, yeah. So top billing goes to Jack Nicholson, Mm -hmm. who plays President James Dale. He's the president, and he also plays another role, which is bizarre. Just a guy named Art Land, who's like a, a. Vegas hotel mogul, wannabe hotel mogul. You know what's funny? Yeah, he plays that 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 cause, yeah hotel mogul guy, and I was and he's wearing like a nose prosthetic. Yeah, looks looks look different. I swear, I was like, is that Jack Nicholson? I couldn't tell until like towards the very end of the movie because he also had like this ridiculous cowboy hat and like. There's a lot of ridiculousness in this movie. Yeah, I was like, is that Jack? Nich-? I was like. This actor, if this is not Jack Nicholson, he's kind of doing a Jack Nicholson thing, which is weird since Jack, Jack Nicholson, Nicholson is in this movie. It turns out it is Jack Nicholson in both roles, uh, which I just didn't understand. Whatever. And That's then the, the first lady is played by Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. And then the other Jack Nicholson's 
love interest is played by Annette Benning. We have Piers Brosnan as Professor Donald Kessler. Right. Danny DeVito is credited simply as Rude Gambler. Yeah, he's just like a gambling... He's in two scenes, this, this guy. Yeah. I don't understand. Martin Short. Martin per- Short's in it. He plays um, like an advisor to the president. He's the press secretary, Jerry Ross. Oh, okay. And he just can't can't quit the ladies. He's yeah, just, he's... Just got, he has an addiction to, to... To prostitutes? Prostitutes, Martian prostitutes, earth prostitutes. Yeah. He's a bit of a poon hound, this, this, this guy. Certainly is, Martin Short. Sarah Jessica Parker plays a sort of a TV host named Natalie Lake. Who also... Is is she? Is there? There's like a love interest between her and Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Michael. So she, yeah, so Sarah Jessica Parker is plays like a TV. I don't know who would like the analog would be today, but she's like a sort of like a trashy entertainment TV host. Yeah. And her boyfriend, I suppose, Michael J. Fox, is the host. Is a more serious news host on a on GNN. A GNN, which I thought was funny. <laughs> uh, Michael J. Fox. Spoiler alert: gets lasered Parkinson's. La- oh, la- <laughs> he does get Parkinson's <laughs> but he gets lasered pretty early on in this movie and then Sarah Jessica Parker ends up with a love interest with Pierce Brosnan right they both end up getting decapitated also we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> but then we also have Tom Jones playing Tom Jones you heard you heard his music in the beginning of this podcast. right he's also a character in this movie we have a young Natalie Portman playing Taffy Dale who is the um, daughter of the president yes she's the first daughter and then we have Jim Brown, uh, famous uh, professional football player. He plays By- Byron Williams. He's like a a, a heavyweight champion. A for- yeah, but now he, now he works now he works at a casino as a Egyptian uh, guy dressed as an Egyptian. Yeah, and he just he wants to get back to his family on the East Coast. His ex-wife, played by the famous Pam Greer, and he has two. Who is a a bus driver. Yeah, in the inner city, and she has like these two delinquent children, or just children being just kids. They're good kids. They're good kids. They're just pl- cut school to play video games. Sure. You want to know who plays the her eldest son, the eldest son of Jim Brown and Pam Greer in this movie? Who is that? I don't know if I recognize. Him. Ray J, a young Ray J. Ray J, which D- is who's that? A rapper. So yeah, he's like a. Uh, he's like a rapper R and B guy. He like was never. He has some good songs, but he was never like too famous i don't believe he's brandy's brother brandy is like a fam- more famous r&b person when what did he do most of his work well listen it, it, what he's most famous for mm-hmm. is he's the male in the kim kardashian sex tape oh my god yeah this kid in this movie grew up to be wait what was his name his name is simply ray j ray, ray j. j ray now I know why I know Ray J. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. So this little kid who's like a sweet, like fun kid in this movie goes on to fuck Kim Kardashian on for on the world tape. to see. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, we have Christina Applegate. You know, it's a pretty stacked cast. Um, Christina Applegate was in this. Yeah, she was. Oh, so Jack Black is in this. Jack Black is in this. She's she's Jack Black's girlfriend. Who Jack Black gets lasered pretty quickly as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, he's Jack Black's girlfriend. That's Christina Applegate. Whoa, I didn't even recognize her. Yeah, I knew she was... I saw her name in the beginning. I couldn't figure out who she was. So I was like... At first, I thought maybe she was the female Martian, but it, it she wasn't. Okay. I want to figure out the name of the blonde-haired kid. I forget his name. What hair? What, what, oh, the actor? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that. Oh, it's Lucas Haas. So we also have Lucas Haas playing Richie Norris. 
he was the character I most identified with. I would, I would, I would say he was a he, yeah. I would he say worked, he worked. He's, he works at a donut shop. As far as characters go, he was my favorite. Like, yeah, protagonist. Yeah, they worked at a donut shop with his grandmother and his family. Yeah, he's Jack Black's brother. Jack Black enlists when the marsh. So basically, this movie starts. I guess we could summarize it a little bit. Yeah. The movie, the movie. So the movie starts basically with, uh, we're in like small town America. We, in, I don't even know where exactly. And then we just see like a herd of cows running down the street and they're on fire. And a guy on his tractor says, what is it? Filipino New Year? And the oh, Filipino yeah. Very, guy. He's is pre- like, there's pretty, a pretty racist <laughs> interaction between two neighbors. And the Filipino guy goes, what? Why are you saying that? He's like, that? excuse me, what? It smells like you're barbecuing <laughs> something. And he's like, you're right, but that's not me and then they look to the horizon hundreds of cows <laughs> start running they're all on fire when that for when that happened i was like that that was probably the only time moment in this movie where i think i laughed and uh, okay. i was like okay this might okay this is gonna just be like, like super wacky off the rails i think i might like this um but it, it it's not i didn't get that <laughs> that energy didn't keep up for me i think it's classified as it was described as a comedy, I think, in something I read. It was called a comedy, but it wasn't really that funny at all. Yeah. I, it had, like, the goofy to- parts, maybe, but, like... The tone just didn't work for me at all. And, I mean, obviously, this was made a long time ago now. Um, and even at the time it was made, it was trying to, like, pay homage to older movies. But it just felt, like, really just missed the mark for me. I didn't really find it funny, and it, I just wasn't engaged with it at all. Did you feel like it sort of fell in line with Tim Burton's style in terms of his like certainly the visual like the tone. weird visual elements and stuff was tim burton um but i mean like s- tim burton usually has like a dark gothic quality to it and this yeah. was this didn't really have that it it kind of had the tone where it's like oh this is like has some funny parts but isn't really an outright comedy it has nothing to say really. i don't get what the point of it like in i read some interviews where um the writer Jonathan James and Tim Burton compared to, compared to Doctor Strangelove, which I, I mean I see like why they would say that, but like and I I guess it is sort of similar, like a similar idea, but I mean this is like Doctor Strangelove, but it's very silly and vacuous. I mean it's just this is just empty, this an empty vessel of just no horrific, horrific. Greater truth learned from the attack of the Martians. I, th- I guess maybe they're supposed to be like a parody of America, just like how crazy America is, but that seems so dated now. I mean, America is a parody of itself nowadays. You know, I will tell you a moment I laughed pretty hard in this movie was, so when the, when the aliens first come, they're like, we're going to talk to the aliens. And some guy invents a machine that is able to translate. The aliens only speak in like sounds. Yeah. And he invents a machine that can translate them. So they're going to finally talk to these aliens and they're all waiting outside and that's where you see um, Michael J. Fox and everyone like doing like news reports and all that. Yeah, there's like a alien peace summit almost. Right. And they come and they come out and they're like, oh, what are they going to say? And they say, we come in peace. And everyone is <laughs> they come in peace. And a guy releases a dove yeah. into the air, which I just thought was so funny. That was funny. And then immediately the aliens shoot the dove. And then just start shooting all the people. The alien, they do. They shoot. Mike, so this is when Michael J. Fox dies. Jack Black dies. And my jaw dropped 
I was like, Je- Sarah Jessica Parker's kidnapped. I was like, oh my god! It's like twenty minutes into this movie, and they're just—it's just a genocide of hum- human beings. Truly, a genocide is carried out by Open these Martians fire with alien technology on a huge crowd of people, and everyone's dying. Yeah, but it, it, it's, it, like I, when that happened, the, the word genocide came to my mouth and it, to my mind. I mean, when that first attack took place, but then compared to all the other people that die later on, that's nothing. It was nothing. It There's was a few people the, in the desert. This is every these aliens. The Martians come to every city in the world and just murder yeah. everyone in sight. There's this. There's a funny scene. <laughs> Where Jack Nicholson, the president, is gets a call from the president of France. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "We made peace with the aliens. We talked to him. And he goes, no man, like you gotta get, get, get out of there. Run away, get out of the room now. <laughs> There's no peace. And then you just hear over the phone like them all getting killed. These aliens are just like so aggressive, dick, dickheads. Yeah. They just like laughing, like making fun of us and killing us. And but the, wh- what I didn't understand was they the government of the United States gives them so many chances. Like, even after this hor- horrific attack takes place. They do another... They, 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 they thought... They invite, they, they they invite the dove. aliens to the halls of Congress. <laughs> yeah! They were like, maybe the dove, it means something. Yeah, yeah Natalie Portman, the first daughter, says, says maybe to them, doves is a sign of war. Right. And so they're like, all right, let's try this again. They're like, no cheering, no doves, no nothing. That was that was actually like a, a funny part when the, there's the soldiers with the signs to the crowd that says, no applause, no birds. <laughs> yeah. And no birds. Who brought a dove? That's so funny. Uh, and then immediately just starts opening fire on the halls of Congress. Yeah, again. they welcome they welcome the alien into the congre- the congressional hall, <laughs> and then he immediately he lasers every single member of Congress to death. It makes like the Capitol rioters look like a peaceful city. And then like the next scene, he's like, "We still got two branches of this government that are gonna work," and we're like, "What?" Oh, yeah, there's some good. I laughed at those moments. Because it was, like, so outrageous. It was. It, it, it was... The, the, the comedy is what it is. Like, it, it, it is... Um, like, I, I'm not a big laugh-out-louder, like, even for things I find funny sometimes. Yeah. So, like, this was, like, silly and, and whatnot. I think that could have worked. I just think my main problem was there's no one... There's just way too much going on. Like, I understand, like, you wanted to show a little bit of everyone. And, like, a lot of movies... A lot of disaster movies are structured that way, where you follow, like, people all over the world like several different people dealing with the same event yeah but there was just way too many and there's no one to connect to like effort you uh, the closest for me was like pam greer like maybe like i it seemed in the beginning to be like okay we're, we're, this government stuff's gonna happen but eventually we're gonna settle down and follow pam greer and her ch- children and that's gonna be the. but that's not really what it is at all and there's just no one for me to latch on to really yeah, if the emotional stakes felt stronger, I mean, like, yeah, the strongest ones was probably that kid and his grandma, and that family, you know, you know, with the, you know, the the boxer and his kids and all that. He's trying to get home, and that's the whole, that's his whole journey. And for any joke that like might have worked for me, or a joke that I might have been able to get behind, there was there's ten or twelve that don't. It, it, it's just so <laughs> much. It, um and what you know but it, it is very campy and it is uh, i guess an homage to beat to b movies which I, isn't just isn't really my speed i'm not a big b movie person i think why watch b when you can watch a that's always been my view right but um anyway 1.5 stars for me really giving it a 1.5 i'm gonna give this i have to really write down my my things but just off the dome this felt like maybe a 3.1 to me Oh shit! So I, you so you enjoyed it? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Would you watch this again? 
I would watch it again. Not for myself. Like, I don't think I need to see it again. But if it's like, I would recommend it. If it's like a group of people, it's like, oh, yeah, we should watch Mars Attacks. I'd totally be like. I would much rather watch like Independence Day. But it's such a, it's like. Independence Day is very campy in itself. (laughs) They're saying like, I forget the the line, but he's like, welcome to Earth. And he punched, like, that's all very silly and campy and fun. This is like, I don't know, this misses the mark for me, but continue, continue. What I liked about it was like. It's a weird. Th- if, if there wasn't like a dozen A-list actors in this movie, I would be like, "This was some cra- like who funded like this is some weird independent thing that nobody would have ever funded, and I don't know how it got funded." But it's a Tim Burton movie with like all these crazy people. Some of the best actors of the 20th century appeared. Also, out of the 90s, when like I feel like that was maybe a, like there's such a strong time for movies in general yeah like 96 a lot of great movies came out yeah like the best movie my favorite movies are all from like the 90s early 2000s i feel like and this is just like settled you know saddled up with all those it's so sincere it's like well, this is a movie in it's since well i don't know i feel like it's actually quite insincere this whole movie is just like nothing is sincere in this movie there's not an ounce of sincerity but me. that's why i if it if that's why I wouldn't like it if it wasn't it's presented in such a sincere way where it's like yeah there was real I money think, behind this movie well I think perhaps I could have appreciated like it for what it was I could have appreciated the campiness and the B movie qualities if it weren't presented in the sheen of like okay like that all is all in good fun but it's like this is all the top movie stars of the day this clearly costs like a hundred million dollars to make like right. it's clearly a very expensive like. Um, studio funded film like right. so it just felt like uh, 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 I couldn't bridge that gap that felt ins- that felt insincere to me but that's why I liked that like I, I was like ha- it was so baffling like I feel like maybe maybe it's just because I've I'm I'm too I don't know the word but like do you want to do you want to pa- do you want to pause and look it up the word you're trying to think no, of I don't even know what to look up but right, right, right. I, I feel like what was I going to say? Now, Jesus, now we Jesus. <laughs> We've already took too much time. No, just say it. Um, oh, I my God. My, what's wrong with you? I forgot my train of thought now. Ian, Ian right now is like... Is I like, was in it, and then you, hit, and then you said, you want to look at that? And I was like, fuck, and I lost my thought. I made a joke saying maybe we should pause it. And Ian, ta- Ian, had a f- Ian is now sitting, like falling in his chair. What did we talk about? We were talking about your thoughts in the movie. No, specifically. Like I said, like all the B-movie campiness felt like insincere because it was so clearly like so many movie stars in a big Oh, that's movie. what it was. I feel like I've just like... My expectations of movies... I feel like I know what to expect too much with movies that it's like I had no idea. Like this blew my expectations of like what I thought this was going to be. It was felt... That's why I guess I liked it was it was like, oh, this is something that I've, I've never seen anything like this movie. And for that reason, I appreciate it, just for the originality points. That's fair enough. This is very original. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, it's, but it was just like, it had nothing. There's really, no, when you go beyond below the surface, there's just nothing to it. There's just nothing to this. What's the perfect occasion to watch this movie? Like, you just took taking the fattest fucking Bond rip of your life. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like a, like a, like one of those kind of weird late nights with 
with some friends. If if this were just like back when like movies were just like on TV, like TV was a thing that you just like flip through the channels. If like it was like the middle of the night or something, and you stumbled upon this on fucking like TBS or something, mm-hmm. I'm sure you could find a way to spend two hours. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see myself ever watching this again. I, I watched this at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah, I also watched it. Th- Did you really watch it up that early? I just woke up at like four and I couldn't go back to sleep. And then I was like, you know what? I'm already up. I should just, I should just bang out this movie right now. And so I just started watching it. And then by the time it was over, it was like, what, 8 a.m. And I was like, nice. So your rating was 3.1. Okay. And I give 1.5. What do you think you got on Rotten Tomatoes? This probably did terribly on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to say rotten. This probably got like a, it's either shockingly low, like a seven, or I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna guess uh, nineteen. Uh, no, fifty, fifty, fifty-four percent, fifty-four percent. So better than Saw. Still rotten, uh, but I don't remember what Saw got. But yeah, still rotten. But um, I think something got fifty percent exactly. True, true. Um, I think Top Gun. It might have. This might have gotten a oh, higher score than Top Gun. Wow, people liked it. I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, but, uh, again, I don't think Rotten Tomatoes can really be trusted for movies that uh, came out before Rotten Tomatoes existed because it's all the all the reviews on there are, like, People look at it that. already exists. Marshall Tax is already what it is. Right. But, um, anyway, as we said, it came out, I said it earlier, it came out December 20th, 1996. So, let's hop in our time machine. I'm, I'm going to take you back to that weekend in America. Neither of us were alive. It was what month? December 20th. December 20th. Five days Christmas before Christmas. Movie. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to take you through, as I said, this movie did not do well in the box office U.S., but uh, so I'm going to take you back to what what did do well that weekend, what it was up against. Yeah. So here's the if, top... If I walk into a movie theater, what what are the posters I'm seeing? Here are the top 10 box office movies for the weekend of December 20th, 1996. Okay. Number one, Beavis and Butthead do America. Have you seen it? I have seen that a couple times, actually. Really? Is it? I've never seen it. Is it, is it funny? I'm, I, I've never really gone into the Beavis and Butthead of it all. Um, I don't know if you would really like Beavis and Butthead. It's such like a... Juven- yeah, it's, juvenile. It's pretty juvenile. It's pretty like MTV in the 90s kind of vibe. Is it kind of like you got you to gotta, uh, first be introduced to it while, you're, while you yourself are juvenile or you won't be able to appreciate it? I think so. I don't think... <coughs> I think as an adult, if you're going into it with an adult sensibility and you like are looking for something, you're like, oh, this people said this was good. You're not going to like it, I don't think. It's one of those things where it's like... You have to just be down to, like, stupid stuff. Nice. So yeah. Beavis, Beavis and Butthead grossed $20 million that weekend for the number wow. for the number one spot. Number two. How was the number one? Wow. Number two, we have, in its second weekend, Jerry Maguire. Obviously a classic. Okay. And I, you know what? I, I, uh, Tom Cruise? Yeah, Tom Cruise, Renee Zellweger, and a little ki- cute little kid. <laughs> um, but I say, and also Cuba Gooding Jr., but I say good on, good on America for... Going and seeing Jerry Maguire, even if, even in its second weekend, more than more than Mars Attacks, so that made thirteen million. Yeah. N- the number three spot goes to One Hundred and One Dalmatians, which was in its fourth weekend and still grossed six million dollars. Wow, that came out. Number four, another opening this weekend, is Scream. Wow. Same weekend, same day. So we have Beavis and Butthead to America, Scream, and obviously Mars Attacks all opening the same the same day. Uh, number five is a movie called. One Fine Day. Have you have you heard of I this? I have not heard of that. Stars George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer. It, it is the lives of two strangers and their young children unexpectedly intersect on one hectic, stressful day in New York City. 
is a rom-com yeah and i mean we we live in new york and there's a lot of hectic stressful days so <laughs> let me tell you let me tell you and number six something called the preacher's wife uh, i'll read the the, the, the plot is an angel comes an angel comes to earth to help a preacher save his church and his family i want you to guess who stars in this movie 1996 is it, it's an a-list a, an angel comes to earth to help a preacher save his church and his family that's a hint no that's oh, just the plot. That's the plot i was like who wouldn't be in that i could i couldn't even guess well i'll tell you the, the preacher is our boy denzel washington so who plays the angel yeah you'll you'll never get it okay then why, Wh- why even guess whitney houston oh i was gonna guess a guy that's funny that's bizarre that Whitney Houston is in that. I, Houston. I think. So that's that, that was number six. That was in the second weekend. Mm-hmm. Then we have Mars Attacks, uh, and then seventh spot, right behind that we have Jingle All the Way. Christmas movie. The number nine movie we have My Fellow Americans, which is something about two former U.S. presidents hated rivals join forces to expose the current corrupt president at the risk of their lives. Sounds kind of interesting based on recent events. Sounds kind of like Clinton and Bush getting uh, together to take down Trump. Yeah. Which almost kind <laughs> of happened. Kind I mean, wow, well, interesting. I like to, I, I like to at, at the Biden inauguration when Obama, Bush and Clinton all stood together and talked. Yeah. That was a nice moment <laughs> for me. It's nice when you see the ex-presidents kind of getting along. Remember when Bush funded that uh, war on erroneous, erroneous, whatever, never <laughs> mind. Um, and then number 10, the 10 spot goes to a movie called Daylight, which is disaster in a New York City tunnel as explosions collapse both ends of it. Ooh. One one hero tries to help the people inside find their way to safety. Sounds, that sounds like Liam Neeson should be in that. Yeah, I don't think he was, but that does. Yeah. I think that this, this was before Liam Neeson was Liam Neeson. So, not a bad weekend at the movies in 1996. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of a cool that's kind of a cool thing. It would be cool to time travel and like go to a movie and you're like, yeah, well, Scream is playing. That's cool. I would have probably seen Scream above this. 101 Dalmatians, Jerry Maguire certainly. Yeah, I guess like I'm trying to imagine if I hadn't seen any of them and it's just based on the, whatever the marketing of those movies are. I, I don't know what I'd want to see. I'd want to see Beavis and Butthead because I like Beavis and Butthead. But well, like maybe if you're a fan of the trading card series from the 60s, you'll, right. get, you'll see Mars Attacks. That's true. But um, They already have that existing IP of all the trading card fans. All right, so that's all well and good. Hey, Ian, I got a shout-out. I want to shout-out... Na- <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound effect. Uh, th- I like it as well. Okay. What I wanted, my first shout out, uh, as we said, Natalie Portman's in this as a 15 year old. Uh, she's 15 in this movie. She's really, honestly, this isn't what I'm shouting out, but she really gives like, doesn't seem like she's giving her best, Natalie, on this one. She's, she doesn't seem very into it. You know what's funny? This is before, this must have came out before, what, when did Star Wars come out? Phantom Menace? Mm, maybe 95. Oh, was it? I don't know. Before this? Must have been around the same time. But she kind of gives lackluster performances in both those movies. Takes her a while. I think maybe takes her until she's an adult, probably, before she gives good performances. But if this is her at 15, I feel like she does not age, man. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, she looks the same as she, 
She's always looks great. Yeah. But uh, what I wanted to shout out was she's the first daughter, and uh, there's a scene where she's eating pizza, watching her her <laughs> father give an address. And I just want to shout out Natalie Portman's pizza because it's one of the. <laughs> Shout out to you, Natalie Portman's pizza, because it's it's one of the best uh, looking slices of pizza I think I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, really? So just a good, nice, th- uh, thick, not like not like deep dish, but like a nice, like thick. Looks like it had a, a good amount of cheese. The crust seemed nice and soft. Interesting. It's a really good slice of pizza, and she eats it right up. That's <laughs> you know you know what you know that would be a good top three. Maybe this is another time for like pizza and movies. Maybe I really like pizza's m- iconic in every th- movie it's in. Maybe when we do wildcard pizza or oh, okay. or um, even mystic pizza. Right. I'd like to shout out uh, Jack Black's uh, ass in this movie. What? Uh, it is about a half hour in before he's shown his butt cheeks straight up. I don't remember this at all. You don't remember that? No. It's like when he's in the army, he's like doing something and he just has his cheeks hanging out. And what are you, you could, talking about? When? In the beginning, within like the first 30 minutes while they're when they're like getting ready for the to talk to the aliens for the first time jack black's like doing something what like a little bit of a crack showing yeah like he's, he's not like mooning anymore. no he's not he didn't pull his pants down but it's like you could tell on it was like one of those decisions made in the moment where it's like oh this would be funny if i like show a little bit of crack here a little bit of jack jack crack and it's really just jack jack black, black crack like, i when jack black actually when i first saw him in this movie i was like took me a minute to realize it was him it did, uh, yeah. I was like, wait, is that Jack Black? I had to look closer. And then I was just, again, uh, jaw dropped. I was like, Jack Black is in this movie. He reminded me of like a lot of like. Such a bit part. A lot of the shittiest people from my hometown who ended up like joining the Marine Corps. Yeah, he plays a really funny character who's just like. Uh, I guess like everyone in his family loves him because he's. They like him. They hate the brother Richie. Yeah, but. He, Jack Black sucks, and then he dies pretty quickly. He, he imme- he's one of the first to get uh, shot to death by the aliens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I also, uh, that's a good shout out. Uh, but I also like, it was funny in the be- when Jack Black's going to the army, and uh, the, the I, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who plays the dad of him and Richie, Richie, he's like, I'll tell you one thing, if the Martians come here, I'm going to kick their butt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're in their trailer. <laughs> they live in a trailer park. It's <laughs> very funny. Uh, I got another shout out for you. Shout out to working moms. Uh, oh, okay. And you know, I say this because Pam Greer and is a working lovely Pam Greer. Uh, obviously, a very uh, famous black black exploitation actress in the seventies and eighties. But I know her mostly from Jackie Brown. Uh, but anyway, she's a working mom in this movie. As we said, she's the mother to two children, one of whom goes on to be in the Kim Kardashian sex tape. Uh, but she's a bus driver, and she there's a scene where she's driving the bus. And she sees that her two kids have cut school. She sees them like at an arcade or something. Not doing anything bad. Just like at an arcade. They cut class. Shooting. Doing a shooting game. She pauses. She slams in the brakes of the bus. Says to everyone on the bus, give me one second. She goes, grabs these kids, but like really grabs them, pulls them in, and gives them a good yelling to. And they deserve it because they cut class. And the whole bus erupts in applause. Everyone cheers. (laughs) So shout out to working moms. Discipline the kid. Shout out to working moms like Pam Greer. Uh, And honestly, the kids seemed like... She seems like she's raising the kids right because I know I know they cut school, but later later on they're like, in, they're on a tour of the White House, and the aliens come and start killing everyone, and the, these kids pick up the alien guns and start shooting the aliens. Right, it's a callback to like, it, it's sort of a Back to the Future thing where it's like they, he's good, really good at the arcade, and then it comes back later that he's able to shoot, and that's why he, they know how to shoot. 
it's like a nice little trope sure but when we got to the um when we got to that part when they're shooting it was like i was like okay finally like the, the, the movie's gonna really start now like we're gonna follow this nice family i'm gonna i like these kids i want i want uh jim brown to fi- find them again but it, it just doesn't really stay with that at all so that's just like two seconds when the when we follow them yeah but whatever you got another shout out i got another shout out <laughs> i would like to shout out the cgi in this movie um and more specifically just the balls it took to do such a oh so a cgi heavy movie when the technology just really wasn't there yeah so you're saying you like the cgi i didn't like the cgi i in fact really did not like the cgi i have another C- i have another shout out that we, i can say that'll be part of this okay so <laughs> shout out to modern my one of mine is gonna be shout out to modern cgi because it just made right. me appreciate <laughs> how far appreciate cgi it. has come this movie looks the cgi in this movie is so bad but here's the thing we would never have gotten to the place where cgi is now if people weren't willing to take risks and use too much cgi uh really have the whole crux of the movie rely on the cgi certainly but i mean it i feel like doesn't work i feel like part of it is intentional like they want it to be campy because uh, you look at movies that came out like independence day even I feel like the CGI in that's a lot. Like, uh, obviously, there's uh, probably not as much. Like, they didn't have to do it this way. They, they this, <laughs> this was a deliberate choice. Like, they really leaned on the CGI. These aliens could have been just like the aliens in Star Wars in like the '70s look so much better than these aliens. Like, it's it, 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 it's a deliberate choice for me. I don't think it worked. It, it was just like silly. And I, but um, yeah, you could you could have made these aliens look better pretty pretty fucking easily. So shout out to modern CGI. Yep. I'd like to shout out the uh, Nancy Reagan chandelier. Nice. Uh, there's a scene when the aliens come into the White House and they're going to kill everybody. And the first lady looks up, or like the aliens are shooting, and she looks up at the chandelier that's got shot down, or it's like about to get shot down, and she goes, the Nancy Reagan chandelier. And then they cut to a wide. And, and the chandelier <laughs> it falls on her. I did chuckle at that. And it's like, <laughs> it's so they show it, and it's like she's clearly like, it's like a dummy or something that the chandelier just falls on. Yeah, she really gets so really gets squished. It's so cartoony, but it's like so it's so funny. And she's like kind of you kind of want to see her die. She's been kind of annoying the whole yeah. movie. But um, that's a good one. I'd like to shout out the Nancy Reagan chandelier. Also, I thought that was a funny detail that they had. Uh, I got a shout out. <laughs> Shout out to uh, General Casey. Do you remember who this was? General Casey, one of the generals? He was the African-American general uh, who gets first appointed to be the um, Martian ambassador. We see him in the beginning when he's talking to the president. They're all talking to the president. He's kind of right. like just in the I background. There's another general who's like more loud. <laughs> but then I, I, I just thought it was funny when they make him Martian ambassador. And he's actually the first person to get killed, sadly. But <laughs> when he's on the phone with his wife, he's like, Honey, they made me Martian ambassador. He's like, didn't I tell you if I just stood in place long enough and never spoke up, good things were bound to happen. Yeah, that, that was, was <laughs> <laughs> that was, so that was funny. just a funny line. And then he gets killed shortly thereafter. Yeah, they do. I, you can tell it's like they do that because they wanted. To, they just are gonna kill this guy. Yeah, that was a really funny line. That's a good shout out. Um, okay, I'm gonna shout. I got one more shout out. Or actually, I got two more shout outs. But I have two more as well. I'd like to shout out. Um, the speech that Jack Nicholson gives just before he gets murdered by the aliens. Th- that speech sucked. So, he, they're in some kind of bomb shelter for the president. Um, war room kind of thing. This is when, like, the aliens are doing full-on global genocide. Yeah, and 
Jack Nicholson is just losing it. He's just like, oh, God. Uh, You know, humanity is getting destroyed, and there's nothing he can really do. And the aliens force their way in. They kill everybody except Jack Nicholson, who hides behind a, a, a desk chair. And somehow they don't kill him. And then he steps out and he says, guys, <laughs> he gives some kind of, he gives like a monologue. And for no reason, the aliens are just like, okay, we'll stop and listen to his monologue. These aliens are dicks. Yeah. And his monologue is saying like, what did, what did he say? It was like, uh, can't we all just get along kind of thing? A really bad speech. Not good. But the music, the score behind it is like reminiscent of like, uh, like the earn this speech from uh, from uh, fuck, what's that movie? You know what I'm talking about? Earn this. Earn this. Tom Hanks. Matt Tom Damon. Hanks. Uh, the war one. They're in the World War Two. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. In that, yeah, I couldn't think of it. In the in that movie, uh, he, like when he's dying, he just goes. And there's like an orchestral swelling. This reminded you of that? It was the same music. It was uh, the same tone. That's why it was funny because it was like such. It was like this is supposed to be such an impactful, meaningful speech, and it's just like totally is not. But then they shake hands, and the the alien hand comes off and turns out to be a robot, which stabs Jack. Like it's sort of like the scene from Alien. Like the, it comes Cli- through his chest. Right, climbs around him and then stabs him. And I, it it was a cool shot when he like because this is this is like in the war room as you said mm-hmm. then you fought and they have like the that thing that's always there when it's like on the f- floor and it's like the different uh, where this where they're attacking and stuff yeah like a yeah. battle plan thing and Jack yeah. Nicholson just falls dead and then they put like a flag on him it, the fla- flag rises out yeah yeah it was that was you know what was weird about that why would they m- why is that part of the alien technology that it, they have a robot hand none of it makes sense yeah none of it made sense. But I thought it was a funny scene because I was like, oh, this is like framed as so good, like so impactful. Like this is the climactic speech. And then it's like, you know, th- I guess they subvert it. Yeah. Uh, that's a good shout out. I got another shout out for you. Okay. I'm going to shout out. I don't even know how to really phrase this, but I'm shouting out a particular scene. And this is not a good shout out. This okay. is a, this is a, actually a somber shout out. Okay. There's a particular scene. When I like a good somber shout out. Yeah, but we got to do it. We got it. We, we uh, I have no choice. So this one's actually pretty somber. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a scene when Jack Nicholson is first giving, I think, his first press conference, like telling the world about these aliens. Mm-hmm. People are asking questions. And the scene ends, like the button of this scene, like the final joke, is this individual. I'm not going to put a pronoun on this individual. It's not my place. But an individual just raises their hand and s- you know, uh, I, you know, I don't even really know how to s- how I'm supposed to say this. it. Like it, it looked like a ma- presented as presenting male, this individual, uh-huh. but raises their hand and they say they ask the question, "Do the Martians have two sexes like we do?" But it's presented as a joke. It's like this person, uh, this person m- may be trans. This person asking this question. Oh, you know, I, I didn't even pick up on that. And I remember the line and being like, that's a f- weird, like, why are they asking that question? And then it's just like the scene ends and like everyone being weirded out by this individual. And, I, you know, oh. uh, I just want to shout that out, a somber shout out to say, I, I see you, Tim Burton. I see what you did. I mean, uh, I mean, 1996 was a very different time, different time. But I mean, shout out to the person that I don't know, I guess maybe I want to shout out that person because they, d- they didn't deserve that to be j- <laughs> one line and just be a joke 
to be a one-line throw into a joke, a silly joke, anti-transphobia. Mm. That is probably what it was. You, what's funny, I didn't, didn't even care for it. Didn't didn't sit right with Joe. I couldn't. I don't. I can't even picture my mind's eye who said it. I just remember that line and being like, "That's a why? That's a funny like." That's the question. I thought it was like that's such a weird question to ask. I mm. thought it was like this press. They're saying like this press conference was gonna be full of like bizarre questions or whatever. Just but just a straight. That is what it was. Just like. a stray shot at uh, trans people. That's what I took it as a stray shot at tra- the trans population. And the, the Sweet Streams podcast. We're not gonna let that stand. We're gonna shout that out every time. Every fucking time <laughs> we see shit like that, we're gonna shout it out. Right. Just so you guys know. That is a somber shout out. Yeah. Here's my last shout out. At the very end of this movie, <laughs> the guy who his grandma is, you know, that story, whatever. He, he His brother is Jack Black, and he works at this donut Uh-oh. shop. I know what you're going to say. They, they discover that how to defeat the aliens, and they it's with, like, this weird song that the grandma was playing. Like, it makes their brains explode. Kind of weird. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of Signs. You ever see Signs, that um, Signs. M. Night Shyamalan film with Mel Gibson? Uh, a long time ago. It reminded me of War of the Worlds, where she's like, at the end, the aliens just die because of bacteria. It's like, oh, they're oh, all, okay. now all the aliens died. Hooray. In, in Signs, it's like the aliens. It's water. It's water, yeah. It's like, just like this thing. This like weakness is discovered. You don't think they would have like prepared for that? Coming yeah. To it, but whatever. <laughs> But yeah, he gives a speech at the end. He gives a speech gets at the a, end. Gets a smooch from Natalie Portman. Yeah, so they're on the... I have a lot of questions, <laughs> but I'll save them for the questions part. They're on the steps of the destroyed White Capitol building. Oh, it's uh, the White Capitol House? Capitol building. Capitol building in D.C. It's all it's all crumbled. This is pre-Jan Jan 6th. For some reason, Natalie Portman is giving out a Congressional Medal of well, Honor. Well, she says it's like... Uh, she's like for our parents who couldn't be here today because everyone's dead. Everyone else is dead. Her parent, The first lady and presidents are dead. All of Congress is dead. Yeah, that's that's one of my questions. There's no, there's no, se- there's no like, next in line to be president. It's like the daughter of the president. <laughs> well, truly, everyone's dead. Th- we saw all of Congress get wiped out. But if that's the case, why even do a ceremony? Yeah, if, <laughs> if all of, if all of the government is wiped out, who's even, like, what what apparatus do we have to like say that he gets a medal? Who's Congressional Medal of Honor is meaningless when there's no Congress. Y- yeah, who who appoint who get who <laughs> is Natalie in charge though? Yeah, exactly. That's my that was one of my questions. But anyway, the kid gives this speech. He's like, "Oh, actually, I wrote a speech." And Natalie Portman's like, "Oh, yeah, that would be appropriate." And he gives this speech. To she's like, "It's actually quite appropriate." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I wrote a speech. Is that okay? And then she's like, "Yeah, that's that, that would be highly appropriate." Yeah. Pretty much expected. She's not trying at all. Yeah. <laughs> also, do they ever show the crowd they're doing this to, or they kind of never show like they're like it seems like he's giving a speech to. Like they used all their crowd budget on the yeah exactly on the laser scene. Yeah. Are you, are you shouting out a specific line? Yes, and I th- you probably know the line I'm talking about when he's like, uh, he says. We should all live in teepees. Yeah, so he starts giving the speech, <laughs> and it's like he's like not talking. He's like pe- people are like what? We can't hear you. Yeah. He's like whatever. Blah blah. blah. Other people deserve it more. But he's like the one thing he says like maybe w- he's like we're gonna rebuild, but like maybe we can live in teepees because it's better in a lot of ways. And then and then that's the speech. <laughs> and then cut to credits almost. No condolences for the president, for all of Congress, for the thousands, millions. Of people that were died, no, no mention of like let's have a moment of silence. It was like we're gonna rebuild, and if we do, 
we should all try to live in teepees because it's probably better. It's actually better in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the speech just made zero sense. This is the hero of a movie. This kid. It was like a big fuck you at the end of this movie. That's I what it was. It was like there is no moral. Go <laughs> fuck yourself. This kid who's like a donut delivery guy. Yeah. Is, uh, but there is no satisfying speech to end this movie. It's just so Maybe bad. Maybe we can live in te- teepees. It's better in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? I, I mean, I sort of uh, admire the sticking to the guns of <laughs> not being nothing. The cynicism almost. There's so much. This movie is so cynical. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's true. I have uh, one last shout out. <laughs> I, I'm going to shout out Howard Stern. Is he in this? No. Oh. Do you want to hear why I yeah, shout Yeah, please, <laughs> please explain. Uh, allow me to explain. So... Uh, as we just said, uh, the aliens are defeated when Asan play like they discover that if you play m- certain type of music, the aliens' heads explode. Right. The song that they end up playing mostly on the loudspeaker is a song by I I didn't know it. Uh, you had it earlier. Do you want Do you want to play it yeah, for the I'll audience? I'll play a little bit of this. Just five seconds, so we don't get sued. Yeah, there it is. Uh. It's so it's 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 yeah. a song called by sl- uh, a fellow by the name of Slim Whitman. Slim Whitman called Indian Love Song, 1952. Fair enough. I mean, nothing against the song. Pa- we're gonna get sued. Pause it. Pause it. We're gonna get sued. I don't think anyone owns the rights <laughs> to this song. Uh, <laughs> maybe, but yeah. So anyway, so Howard Stern had Tim Burton on his show uh, a while back, and it was a good. N- it was f- I I, I uh, found this when I was researching. Mm-hmm. Seemed like a good-natured interview. Like it doesn't seem like there was any hostility. Yeah. But Howard Stern did say. Like, oh, like, you got this part from me. Like, I came up with that. And it's like, what? And then Howard Stern revealed that years before th- years before this, I forget what the organization was called, but Howard Stern was a writer. He wrote a sketch called Slim Whitman versus the Midget Aliens from Outer Space or something th- along those lines. I forget the exact name. Mm-hmm. But it's like, in this sketch, playing Slim Whitman, this, that is how you defeat midget aliens from outer space. It's like clearly I- the exact same thing as this movie. Wow. And he t- confronts Tim Burton with this, and Tim Burton is just like, I think he might he might even like play the sketch for him or whatever. And oh, so they shot the sketch. I'm not sure that was okay. unc- that was unclear, but he c- he tells this to Tim Burton, and Tim Burton's like, oh, this must be a coincidence. Yes, it was just it was a coincidence. That's an impossibly Im- impossible specific coincidence. Slim Whitman, who's ever heard of that? You like? Who's n- no one's ever heard of this song. And it's just so clearly they. I don't know. I, I, I'm not pointing any fingers. Like sometimes you like you hear, you hear something and it goes to the back of your head and you forget where you heard it from. Uh, but I just mean shout out to Howard Stern. I mean he's doing fine. Uh, he's a s- successful guy, so I'm, I don't feel too bad for him. But shout shout out to Howard. Yeah, I mean that's that's really that's really interesting. That's a nice little fact right there. This song apparently was number seven in the UK charts in 1955. So I guess it's not a completely unknown song. Sure, but it's like but that's such specific. a specific so thing specific. Yeah, that, that's crazy. that Slim Whitman is what destroys the midget aliens. It that just made me lose a lot of respect for Tim Burton right there. Oh yeah, I mean, I I was running low on that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is that all the shoutouts we have today? That's all the shoutouts I have. Let's get into burning questions, shall we? Let's do it. This wasn't going to be my first one, but I'll, it, it relates. M- one of my main questions is. So we see Richie, the protagonist. I, uh, I, I guess we could not the protagonist, but one ends up being the hero. Which one is that? Oh, oh, the, the kid, the blonde-haired kid. Right. So he discovers when he in, in a nursing home that the music kills the aliens. Mm-hmm. How on earth? And then it's just like 
we cut we cut and it's like everyone know like I thought we would see like him somehow he's I thought we would see like he has to like okay now I, I gotta let the let the president I gotta let the military know this is how you destroy the aliens like how does it work it's ju- they don't do any of that it's just like all of a sudden everyone knows we see like helicopters blaring this music how did it, my question is how did how did he tell how did he how do you let the military know yeah I I thought the same thing I assumed it was just like uh they just kind of cut it because it wasn't. Like impo- like the answer is probably just like he ca- tell told some made some phone calls or something. I don't like I guess the word spreads. But you're right, it is weird. Like how does that reach the because military? Because it was like things were fucking so urgent. Quick. Things yeah. were so urgent. These aliens were killing everyone, and it was like they were every they were everywhere across the world. They blew up the Taj Mahal, they blew up Las Vegas. They even sent like a giant robot to this trailer park. Like, they're not, like, only attacking the major cities and there's, like, time for people to escape. They're literally everywhere. They're killing everyone. And somehow he gets this news to out in time. To there is the scene. I wonder if this is the answer. He goes to, like, a radio tower. Yeah. And he puts it up and he hooks it up and he goes through all the radio. I wonder if people were playing the radio and it's they noticed it killed the aliens and then that's how people discovered and then that made the word spread sure but i mean a little bit i could use a little bit more of explanation just a one sentence little i guess we do see when like uh it's like who's even on the plane it's like the the waitress that was with jim brown and then danny devito they're all on an airplane with what's the guy's name tom jones (laughs) (laughs) what's the musician's name uh Two seconds. Give me two seconds. I think it's Tom something. It's we played it as the Tom game. Jones. Yeah, Tom Jones. Hundred percent right. So we the radio starts uh, playing the Slim Whitman song. So I guess like he he doesn't. How does this kid co-opt the radio? I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I, you yeah, don't that made no sense. Do you have any burning questions? <coughs> I do have a question similar to that scene. She's in a nursing home or something. It's yeah. a nursing home, right? She has her ha- she has these giant noise canceling headphones on, and she's listening to this song with the headphones on and then meanwhile the whole ret- uh, retirement home is being attacked attacked by these aliens, aliens are even attacking the ti- retirement home. that's what i'm saying there's billions right. of aliens to, se- to send up on earth but she's completely oblivious because sure. she's listening to the thing and she's sitting there and the aliens wheeled up like wheel into this room right behind her and point this ridiculous ridiculously <laughs> giant they've laser. Ne- they've, we haven't seen them with a big <laughs> a laser this big the entire film. Never ever seen this sort of apparatus before. They all have guns that seem to incinerate people, like, yeah. it, you know, in a moment. Why are you wasting your resource on this woman? Why wheel out a giant thing and point it directly at this old woman's head? It S- made no sense. Same with, like, the giant, like, mech robot that attacks the trailer park. It's like, that's, <laughs> that's the only time we see that they yeah. have these things. It's like, why wouldn't you use that against, like, the tanks? The, what? The, why yeah, wouldn't you use why? that to attack what the White are House? These technologies, it's yeah. Just What's wi- your motive for trying to just destroy this old woman so much beyond anyone else? It seems like they're just like not worried about it. Like they they know that we can't. That they're very confident, but it's like, why would you deploy your resources in this way? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, that was a question I had. I have another question. Okay. Wh- why does Jack Nick? Why on earth does Jack Nicholson play two roles in this movie? <laughs> what what the hell was the point of that? <laughs> you know what I think it was. The whole time I'm thinking like they, these two must interact or something. We might we're, we're definitely gonna learn learn that these are like brothers or something. Like, there must be a point to all this. These characters never interact. The Las Vegas character he plays, uh, I forget his name, but y- whatever the other guy 
is like not even important at all. It's I don't. If they cut that, I wouldn't even notice or care. It it just adds nothing. I don't understand why he would want to do it. I don't get like what what was the thinking behind that. I don't really understand. I think Jack Nicholson just wanted that on his resume that he was in a movie where he played two characters. Sure. This might as well be the movie for it. I mean, I I know this was my question, but I kind of also like think I might know the answer. Like I told you that they they said like they were sort of trying to go for uh, they're influenced by Doctor Strangelove, mm-hmm. and you know famously yes. Peter Sellers plays multiple roles in that movie. Yeah. So I'm, uh, maybe it was that, but it was yeah, like. That's what it was. I don't know. They just sort of <laughs> mi- missed the mark for me. No sense. I, w- I went to the pitch meeting. If it's like okay, so we have uh, this role and this role, um, Jack Nicholson. Uh, we're thinking of you for the president. What do you What do you think? Like, uh, Okay, I can see that, but uh, I really like this <laughs> other role too. I think I can play both. Yeah, I think mayb- I can play both of these roles. Maybe it was a thing like Jack Nicholson <laughs> just wanted to, <laughs> and they he desperately wanted. We need they needed Jack. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense for you to play two characters. What would the point of that be? Tim Burton's like, no. What 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 would the point of that be, Jack? <laughs> uh, tell me. No, you see, I'll wear a prosthetic. <laughs> I'll put on a prosthetic. It'll be great. Buddy, I was in The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I was in Chinatown. It's Jack Nicholson. It's me. <laughs> Tim, buddy, it's me. Hello, Tim. It's me, Jack Nicholson. How would you like Jack Nicholson to play two <laughs> of these leading roles? Do you think it was like when they were pitching to Warner Brothers, it was like uh, they could tell it wasn't going well? And they're like, oh, but we forgot to say, Jack Nicholson can play two roles. Jack Nicholson's on board. Okay. Uh, is the president? All right, all right, all right. All right. It would be great if we had he's another also big name. He's also going to play a Vegas hotel well, owner. what if he plays? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this made no sense. Uh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's, a, that's an unanswered question that we'll never know the answer to. Um, here's another question I have. Um, at a point, they're like, all right, let's go nuclear. Uh, and the, the army dude comes and asks the president to sign the thing to say, yeah. like, approve them for nuclear stuff. And I forget sh- that guy's name, but he's the whole movie. He's just trying to – he just wants to go to war with his army. Right. Which I guess, like, if you're in charge of the army, you kind of always just want to go to war because that's your whole yeah. job, you know. That's your whole job. It's like a doomsday prepper always wants the world to end. If you create an entire, like, industry based on (laughs) these guys, going, they're going to want to go to war. They're going to advocate to go to war. But what were you saying? So they shoot a nuke at this spaceship. It flies up. And then the aliens deploy this little thing. It flies up. A little balloon almost. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But it sucks up the explosion. Sucks up the nuclear explosion. And then it comes back. And the alien takes it. And inhales yeah, like the, <laughs> the main alien, like he's doing a whip it or something. Yeah, exactly. He he does a whip it of the nuclear bomb, and then he just like basically like flips off. And uh, my question is, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> what is? Why does he want to eat or inhale the nuclear bomb? But th- then what also is that device? Yeah, just an alien. Or just alien technology. Nuclear sucker. But it just made no sense why he ate the bomb. And also, like, Jack Nichols, the, in the war room, they see that. that do they, wh- they have, like, a camera on the alien ship? Yeah, which makes – yeah, that how doesn't do they make know? Sense. They're like, oh, I guess the bomb didn't work. It exploded. It just sucked up the explosion. Yeah, but we see, like, he can see the alien, like, laughing afterwards. Jack Nichols can see they that. Had a, they had a live stream. How do they have a live stream of the alien ship? <laughs> it made no sense. Uh, I, I have another question similar. Um, so we touched on this briefly, but, like, the way we translate the aliens is – it's it's just back no it's they play what they say backwards and say we play what we say backwards to them and they play and we we flip what they say backwards to us is that what it was yeah they're just doing it backwards i thought it was like just a specific like a device the scientist wheels in this device and i thought it like just 
somehow translated. I didn't know that that I was I thought it was just like a tape recorder, and it seemed to me like it was just like playing it backwards. Because, uh, I mean, we don't have like alien translation devices. So that would be another question if that's the case. But I, I'm That pr- is one of my questions. I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure it's just like they play the tape backwards. And it's like, my question is, how the hell could that possibly be the case? Because they just say, if you watch it with subtitles, they just say, that's all they say. But then you play it backwards and it's like perfect English. That just doesn't make sense. Just doesn't make any sense. I maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. Yeah, I I mean I miss, I I didn't get I didn't get the, you, you might be right, but I didn't I didn't pick up on that. It was um, playing it backwards. The, I do remember the scene like the scientist wheels in this thing, and he's like, this can helps us translate the aliens, and it's really not explained how they developed this, what the mechanics. I wouldn't trust are. it, even if you made a if you if you had an, a tape of an alien speaking. And you somehow made a machine that translated into English. I wouldn't like ever believe that. Like, oh yeah, that must be what the alien meant. Like, you well, clearly you're just manipulating the audio to make this English. Yes, and I think that is the case because that's another one of my burning questions. Is they keep saying we come in peace, like always. That's all they say. As they're like shooting up a crowd, yeah. like, we come in peace. Yeah, <laughs> which makes me think. I think this translating device is just broken. This is just maybe yeah. we don't. Why also like when in the first summit, the guy who I shouted out, the general who gets shot, uh-huh. the the first thing he does is like he makes a circle with his finger. What was that about? He goes like this with his finger, makes a circle, and then the alien does the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like a, a, a lot of stuff I might have misunderstood. If you break down every moment of this movie, none of it makes any sense. I have another question. What is it? Regarding the aliens' um, biology and the mechanics of how these aliens work. They say the aliens uh, – actually, I, I think I took note of it. It says they they breathe nitrogen. They can read minds. Yeah, they're tele- telepathic. Well, th- that never really comes into play. So though. that never comes into play. Uh, but the And neither does the fact that they breathe nitrogen. However, if they can breathe nitrogen – why do they have to wear spacesuits when they come to Earth? Maybe they only can breathe nitrogen. Like a little bit of oxygen might kill them. That's a weird. Well, take. they don't all wear. They don't all wear helmets. I feel like when they're on Earth, they do. The soldiers do the soldier, but uh, the the f- the girl alien, when her f- face gets oh yeah, cut you're off, right. she seems to be okay. Yeah, maybe it's just it's just. This wasn't one of the for a climate control. Have the suits. Yeah, so that didn't make sense. Similar question though. This doesn't. Uh, this wasn't one that I had, but it just came to me. Pierce Brosnan is like a scientist in this, mm-hmm. and I- early on, it's like, how come we haven't seen the Martians when we've s- we've sent satellites to, to Mars? How come we've never seen this? And he's like, oh, they. W- w- he's like, well, quite simply, he has like a cigar in his mouth yeah. at the time. He's like, quite simple, they live in the canals. The canals on Mars are actually miles. Well, we deep. haven't sent a robot into you know a rover into the canals where. They've built an advanced civilization under the surface. Clearly, they built an advanced civilization under the surface of Mars. Like, okay, Piers. All right, Piers Brosnan. Genius. Get out of (laughs) here. There's a lot of. uh, I mean, with a movie about aliens from Mars attacking Earth. Mars attacks. There's no way you can make that movie without and have it just like have satisfying answers to all like the issues that are wrong with that. Sure, but it's just like, so why even try? (laughs) <laughs> why Why tell me there's like canals in Mars it feels like they did hardly try they did the bare minimum to, to justify all the, the whole plot um okay I, I do have a, I have a few do you have more questions I have one more I have two more okay please. okay I'll go f- okay so I'll say this one um the aliens are watching TV yeah 
uh, England, uh, American, you know, American TV. Dukes of Hazard. They're watching something. Dukes of Hazard, and they're watching some other thing. Some other thing. They were watching Godzilla. Right, right, right. Yeah, they're like show the Earth getting destroyed, and then they show Godzilla, and you're like, oh, that's uh, funny. That's just what they're. But then they're watching Godzilla. That was a great cut. That was a great nice cut. Little, nice little joke. Yeah. Good job, Tim. How are they getting? signal like how are they getting tv cable like that satellite uh, they must just is. have really powerful antennas on their spaceship and then they understand english clearly they, that's just their language backward but so they're just watching normal tv and they're paying understanding it i think they're just like uh, th- they have like very uh juvenile senses of humor these days they're, they're just th- they just like when people get like shot i think they just like watching i don't know they're just wow. laughing they just laugh at everything you know and maybe that says something about society as a whole Perhaps. Deeper truth is revealed about society that way. That it's the our our deep our um more base uh, primitive instincts is what will destroy us. I got another question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why on earth did the aliens make Sarah Jessica Parker into a dog? That was so weird. So we said Sarah Jessica Parker is like a TV host. She gets kidnapped. She has this little dog. Like oh, little was it her dog? Yeah, she has a little dog that I guess got uh, abducted with her. And then they cut off the dog's head and put it on her body and cut off her head and put it on the dog's body. Little chihuahua. These aliens guys are cooking up some free, pretty freaky shit up in that spaceship. Yeah. It was real, especially the dog head on the woman's body. It was weird. was freaky. It was so weird. Her head on the dog's body just looked kind of fake. It was all that. I it was fake. but it I was mean, obviously it was fake. I'm I mean, just it was saying fake. I mean, it didn't, that yeah, didn't, it didn't like look real. That didn't freak me out. The dog on her head was kind of weird. I didn't like that. It was all just like, this is so unsettling. Why any of this? Then Pierce Brosnan gets captured as well, and they both are decapitated, but they're still alive. Their heads can still talk, and they end up kissing. Yeah, they're just... Now they're just heads on the gl- on the floor. They're on the spaceship. They're decapit. They're both decapitated heads in the spaceship. Like yeah. um, imagine all the things that'd be racing through your mind in that situation. But w- what she th- what she still asked Pierce Brosnan, she's like, "I have a question. Back back at the first alien attack, were you flirting oh, with were me? You flirting? Yeah. Because if you were, I forget what she what she says, but she's like, it's like guys, there's bigger problems at hand. You're both decapitated. You're so, you know, maybe there's not. Maybe maybe you're so resigned to that you're gonna die that it's like, I'd like to just have a you know, feel loved and feel. What's weird is that he, he, she's not sure if he's flirting with her. And then a few moments later, like before they, like they kiss, and then they say like, "I love you." It like their relationship just was too fast. Yeah. What about Michael J. Fox? Like he seemed like he was a little bit jealous, sure, but he seemed like a nice boyfriend. He he's literally like he sees Sarah Jessica Parker gets like tripped or something at the first attack. He Michael J. Fox jumps off a of a van and sprints through the gunfire to save her ends up dying but it's like she's already on to Pierce Brosnan fuck that yeah that is so funny Michael J. Fox in this movie you don't see Michael J. Fox in a lot of stuff these days no dealing with the Parkinson's right he was on Curb though sure he has to play it you have to play into it right he had the Michael J. Fox show for like a season did you watch any of that I watched a couple episodes it was um Hank's wife from Breaking Bad is his wife in it oh interesting Oh, okay. In fact, they might be married in real life. I don't know. But uh, what's Whoa, your is that true? I don't know. What, what's your last question? Interesting to know. Here's my last question. Wait, weren't look that up. Wasn't Michael J. Fox and Sergio Parker married at some point, or is that Matthew Broderick? That's Matthew Broderick. Wait, who's Matthew Broderick? Whoa, I, I think this is the first time I've known. I've known that Matthew Broderick and Michael J. Fox were two different people, but this is the first time that my brain has like recognized that they're I gotta Google th- that they're two on. different people. Matthew J. Matthew, do you, have you ever mixed them up? 
I've never mixed them up, but it's just, I know they're different people, but it just feels like a r- revelation to me right now that they're two separate people. No, I feel like they're pretty distinct yeah. careers. Um, my last question. Here's my last question. Are you ready for it? Sure. I mean, we got the mics here. Are you ready? Yeah, we got the mics set up. <laughs> Might as well hear it. Might as well say it, right? Sorry, it's only time to go look it up. Um, Why do you have to look up your question? <coughs> no, I have it. I just I set them out of order, and now I'm forgetting which ones I didn't say. Oh, okay, okay. So at the very last scene, they're back back to the the bus driver family. Uh, sure. Pam Greer. Pam Greer's family. Ray J. Ray and Ray J. Exactly. They're like in their apartment, and it's after this whole thing. And then she's like, "You guys should clean up," or something. She says like, "You should help clean up," because like things are a little disheveled after the aliens attack literally the whole side of this building is yeah and then they cut to a wide and the whole side of the building it's like three walls this building should be condemned yeah get out of there one wall is missing off this whole building yeah i'm like why are they cleaning their she's like straightening up around the house forget sweeping pan the building's about to collapse take like your most valuable possessions and try to like get your children out of this building it's about to fall over yeah i mean that's my last question is what was that but then jim brown who we thought died we, we, we thought was we punched th- to death. We see him like punching the, a- like having a boxing match with an alien, and then all the aliens descend upon him, and we see him like sort of die. Yeah, that makes no sense. But he seemed to have walked from there, Las Vegas, to wherever, <laughs> Washington, D.C., or Baltimore, or whatever. Everyone's trying to get on a plane, and he's like, I'll distract the aliens so you guys can take off. And he goes out and he's like, I'm a, I forget what he says. He's like, I'm a boxer. He's, a, I'm the former world champion. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. And he, he takes off all his uh, Egyptian garb. E- Egyptian garb. And he's like, He's like, I'm gonna f- fight you, and then the aliens are just like, "All right, let's box." <laughs> and the the alien just kind of knows how to hold his hands, and he's just like ready I think to he box. He kills one of them. Yeah, he punches him. He breaks the glass, and then he punch his head explodes. But then all, there's so many more aliens. That they yeah, they all just punch him. <laughs> uh, they stop using the guns, and they just beat this guy to death. The music must play in time that they all die, and he survives. But then he walks a- across the c- country. I assumed he got beaten to uh, unconsciousness because they fly open. They see him just like lying on the ground. Tom, Tom Jones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Danny DeVito. Yeah, Tom Jones. Fly away. Flies away with Danny DeVito. And they see him on the ground like unconscious. So I assume he got punched, lights out, and then woke up sometime later after the aliens are all dead. How does he get out of Las Vegas and get to the East Coast? He probably just walked. He probably just walked there. Good for Or I guess he's already like Brown. at an airport, right? Maybe he just got another plane. As you know, I have a fa- I have a family on the East Coast. He yeah. says that to his boss earlier. He just got to the East Coast pretty quick. That's fucking funny. That's such an interesting fact, the uh, Ray J thing. Yeah, it's kind of wow. weird. I'm still like shocked. Natalie Portman and Ray J in the same movie. Who would have th- Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Um, and Black Jack and Black J- Jack, J- Jack Black, <laughs> Jack Black as well. Yeah, um, right. and Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson and Ray J appeared on screen. Jack Nicholson twice shared a screen. <laughs> uh, um, shall we get into lessons learned? We can do lessons learned. Yeah, I'm done with my questions. Uh, you go first since right. you have three. I was gonna say one of them was gonna be don't release a dove at a mar- at the Martian Peace Summit, right? But we've tread we've already tread that ground. So here's another okay. one. I still have three. Um, don't invite Martian whores into the Kennedy Room. Yeah. What, uh, what's his name? Martin Short. Martin Short. He's the press secretary. Martin Short's character made no sense in this movie. 
many characters don't make sense. Of course. But, but yeah. yeah, Martin Short's Martin Short's here, guys. Uh, he plays the press secretary. Also in this movie. He's just a goofball, you know, expectedly, I suppose. But we see early on he uh, has – he one of his vices is he uh, will frequent frequently pick up a prostitute and have sex with her. Yeah, there's that scene in the beginning where he's like, hey, you want to whatever? And then he's like – yeah okay it's like he's like a goofball <laughs> <laughs> like picking up these prostitutes but, but then later on the martians send down this like spy this this uh, wha- the martians send down a spy martian but in like the in like the fake body of a, of a human woman human woman uh and that the, is that's obviously p- fake that's played by lisa marie but like yeah it's like clearly an alien <laughs> like you know aliens have come this is post post the capital attacks even yeah this is after everyone in congress has been lasered down this guy, Mark, the press secretary, sees a p- individual woman walking down the street, clearly an alien, so clearly an alien, doesn't look anything like a human, even if it was a human. It's sh- her, f- her features are so, her head is gigantic. <laughs> you has this ridiculous hair. If, yeah. if, if you see someone like that on the street and you think like, oh my God, I have to have sex with this woman right now, you have a problem. It, <laughs> he did. It's he sure very did have a problem in this movie. So he invites her into the White House. She has like a, uh, she's wearing like a ring that is a sp- has an eyeball on it that she uses to spy. Yeah, it's got a little camera on it. Yeah, so he takes her. He takes her into a secret room in the White House called the Kennedy Room. This is the Kennedy <laughs> Room, and there's just a big fish tank and a circular bed. Yeah, and she sits down in the bed. He, he, she, st- she hasn't spoken at all. Yeah. <laughs> he, he sticks his fingers into her mouth, trying to get her gum. He's like, "Let's get that gum out of there." And he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> her face rips open because she's a she's a, a she's a I suppose I guess it's a Martian in a robot. She bites his finger off. Yeah, and then she spits into the fish tank. I guess she he, she kills him. But it's like, yeah, it's like, and then later later on, because of the intel they gather from that, that's how the I think that same Martian goes into like the where the president and first lady are sleeping and holds them at gunpoint. No, I think that Martian dies. I think the one that no, but he holds th- she holds Jack Nicholson at gunpoint for a while, and yeah. then she gets shot to death. Yeah, but yeah. it's like you came so close to getting the president killed, Martin Short. Just because you, yeah, and s- so the lesson dead now. The lesson learned is don't invite Martian horrors into the Kennedy room. I would, if you're the press secretary I of the United States. I would say that's a good lesson to take away from this movie. Uh, here's a lesson I, I, I got. Um, in terms of Pierce Brosnan, I learned that I gotta get myself a pipe. Oh sure, sure. Is Does he have a pipe? He has a pipe. The whole movie, he's 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 smoking on a pipe. And it is classy, classy <laughs> as hell. Especially on Pierce Brosnan, it's we're like talking like a old school wooden like tobacco old pipe. School pipe that's just smoking. Oh, it's like this cool. It's like yeah, this is certainly a vibe. And I do trust him. He he's like a scientist who he, he's shown no no reason to really trust his scienceness. Like wh- what does he know? He doesn't know sh- anything. Oh yeah, he's just talking about canals on Mars and shit. Yeah, but he's smoking a pipe, so I trust Does him. Does this guy even have a degree, or just we just let him in because he has a pipe? <coughs> yeah, into the White House. Yeah, I think um, having a pipe really adds some credibility to yourself. Good lesson. I mean, like, it, it, you know, in a perfect world, you won't smoke tobacco of any kind. It's it's bad for you, but I think like uh, rolling tobacco that you would like roll a cigarette with is a little bit better for you than like uh, you know like buying a pack of Marlboro Reds. Right. It's a little bit less toxic. And so a pipe is even easier than that. It's a, I think it's the same to that. You just like fill it up, ready to go, very easy. You know what's really funny is that Seinfeld episode where Alan Kramer has that pipe and it's like oh, it's like Martin Ben Nostrand. <laughs> it's like smoking, yeah. It's, it's like undercover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's playing like Doctor George Ben Nostrand, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I just remember him smoking the pipe. That's a good lesson. Yeah. Uh, should we go to my next lesson? Yeah, go for it. Uh, 
lesson number two, you got to keep your hair out of your face. Uh, this is going specifically to Richie, uh, who ends up being the hero. Right. As I said, I, uh, he's the character I identified with most. He's a sort of just a, his family doesn't really understand him. He's just like a long-haired weirdo. He is that how you wor- feel? Works at a donut shop. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, our listeners might not know, I had long hair for a couple years there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got pretty long. And it's short now, but it's you got to keep it out of your face, Richie. And this kid, Richie, he's a good kid. He saves he saves humanity in this movie. But every fucking time you see him, it's just like down on his face. It's like blocking his eyes. He's making, I mean, and that happens when you have long hair. It's just, and, and you're outside. It does get in your face. You got to figure it. You got to figure that shit out. You can't have it in your. You got to keep it. Keep it neat. Yeah, I. He does land Natalie Portman at the end. It's implied, certainly. But you yeah, know what? What, uh, what does she say? You know what was a weird moment? Now that I think about it. Yeah. So. Him and the grandma, and I'm going to get into the grandma in my next lesson. Okay. But him and the grandma get both get the Medal of Honor from first daughter Natalie Portman, as we said. Right. She gives it to the grandma first, gives her a kiss on the cheek. It's like, okay, I didn't think of anything of it. She gets to him. He's like, you don't have to. He, he, sa- he says, like, you don't have to kiss me if you don't want to. And, he, and she's like, no, I, d- I do. It's she, I forget what she said. Like, like, I think I have to. I think I, I have I, th- I think those are the rules. It's like, no, it isn't. That's yeah. not a that th- that is certainly not a rule I think that the rules went out the window when the <laughs> building collapsed. But obviously that's not a rule. Like usually it would be like the president giving this, and the president's not like kissing every soldier he gives this to. That's yeah. th- that's certainly not a rule. She just wanted to smooch this kid. Yeah, He's the last guy al- that's around her age that's alive <laughs> that's left on Earth. I mean, fair enough. You I gotta start, I start making moves. I like that. I I like that they ended up together. I, d- I ship them, but uh, <laughs> you ship them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was just, that was just a weird moment. But yeah, the lesson is, and but in that scene, I think he does have his hair, you know, s- s- tuck, he combed his hair, so and he gets Natalie Portman. So right. the lesson is keep your hair, keep your hair out of your face. There you go. Huh. All right, my last, my last. Um, oh, here, 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 here's another lesson. This is what I felt like is the crux of the whole movie. If I'm trying to find a mo- moral or a, what you know, a dramatic question. That's that's um, asked the epiphany, as it were, the cathartic release. Um, Nic- uh, what's his name? Nicholas. Uh, no, what? Nick Nicholson. Jack, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson says it straight up. He says, uh, "Why can't we all just get along?" True. And I think the movie showed that we just can't. <laughs> <laughs> If you ask questions like that, you're gonna get shot to death, stabbed. Don't death. don't even engage with the aliens. Just get the hell out of there. They're gonna shoot you. We learned you can't. <laughs> we can't. We can't get along. I think that not with these Martians, certainly. Not with the Martians. I think in general. I think he says, Wait, "Why can't we all just get along?" What we do see, though, the TP plan is not gonna work. <laughs> I think. I mean, it is better in a lot of ways with I the TP. I think the movie is saying that world peace is or. I guess world peace is uh, too small of a scale. Galactic or universal peace is just an uh, unobtainable goal. Well it's just never going to happen. Throughout the film, we see individuals trying to engage with the Martians. Some by different means. Some some employ violence. Some employ diplomacy. And it, everything fails. The individuals that succeed in this film are the individuals of different walks of life. I'm talking Jim Brown, the, you know, the guy, guy who dresses up as an Egyptian... He's with Danny DeVito and Tom Jones in an airplane. You know, it's people of different walks of life coming together to sa- to, to, to save, save their one skins. save one another. Save one another. Yeah. Uh, so you have to look out for yourself. Here's a couple of rules. All right, lessons learned. You I have look one out last for yourself. lesson. <laughs> and if you give an alien a chance, they will vaporize you within a second. 
Yeah, don't engage with the aliens. Get the don't, hell out of there. Don't engage with the aliens. Run away. Don't bring a huge group to when you first see the aliens. They're all going to get murdered by the aliens. I can see, like, after the first incident with the dove, like, okay, maybe that was just a weird misunderstanding. Right. But once we invited them into the halls of Congress and they vaporized all of our rep- all of our elected representatives, elected officials, that it's game over. We have to nuke <laughs> them. We have to start nuking them now. Yeah. They Days pass where time. we do where we do nothing. We give them chance after chance. But the nukes don't work. So I guess maybe another lesson. This isn't my real lesson, but okay. another lesson is. Don't give people second chances. <laughs> when someone shows you who they are, that's who they are. There's no getting along. There's no second chances. Yeah. All right. Uh, bring us to our last lesson. Is this our last one? You don't have any or more? Or I don't have any more lessons. Uh, my last lesson, similar, is you n- don't never leave grandma behind. Right. So the way... Th- it, it, th- that's going to get you killed. <laughs> Richie ends up discovering that the music kills him because... Um, actually, th- I, fr- I wish I knew the actress's name in this, the, the grandma. I'm going to try to look that up. In this, there's Graham a s- is Sylvia Sidney. Okay, but and she's pretty funny throughout. She she, she doesn't know who anyone is, she, but she's a very sweet old lady. And his name's Richie, and she keeps calling him Tom. But then he's like, "No, I'm Richie." And she's like, "She doesn't know who he is because she's old or whatever," b- which happens, you know. Did she die? This actress? No, I don't remember. Oh, uh, I assume in 1996 she seemed like she was 100 years old. Yeah. Uh, let me look it up. So Sylvia Sidney played Grandma Florence Norris. Yeah, she passed away in 1999. So it was oh pro- okay. probably one of her last roles. Wow, there you go. But she's a sweet. I like the relationship. But then Richie, who is like, uh, you know, we've talked about Richie yeah. at, at nauseum at this point. Yeah. But um, the long-haired kid. Sure. When th- when the aliens are attacking, he he's in the trailer park with his parents. Jack Blackett, their brother's already dead. They're loading up shotguns. Just loading up shotguns. There's an alien mech outside at the descending on the trailer park, and he's like, "I'm gonna go get Grandma." And the, his dad is like. No, fuck, sh- Grandma's already halfway to outer space already. Just, like, grab this gun. Yeah. And the mother's like, I'm going to save the TV. Like, they, they don't care about this grandmother at all. Yeah. Which was Hon- horrible. Honestly, though, I kind of, in a, in, a, in a situation like that, I might have to side with the parents in that the grandmother's, like, in a nursing home, very old. Has crippling dementia at this point. Aliens are going to, mur- are gonna mur- you got to, you can't go save Grandma. Sorry. You, like, whatever life you're going to have in this post-alien invasion world is probably going to be pretty unpleasant. You're probably going to be on the run a lot. Right. F- food and water will be sparse. You it's don't no have pl- to care for an elderly. It's no place for grandma. I understand yeah. that. I understand that thinking. But, I mean, we l- his impulse to save grandma. Well, that's why it's a lesson. Ends up s- ends up saving the world because right. he discovers she has this. She's playing the music. And then the aliens, their heads blow up from this music, as we said, Slim Whitman. Mm-hmm. And then it's funny. She's like, she looks at them. She's like. Richie, I think these gentlemen are very sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that, that is a good lesson because I I wouldn't I wouldn't have known that I wouldn't have known it is the right decision to go after Grandma because she he goes after Grandma and then he his family saves is saves humanity. He get they both him and Grandma get congressional medals of honors. He gets a smooch from Natalie Portman and they're the only ones alive. And he gets to tell everyone about his teepee idea. I wonder. And I'm I'm trying to. You know what I would really like to see is the sequel to this movie, Mars Attacks Two. Mars Attacks 2, or just, like, call it something else. Mars it's Attacks just the world after it's been destroyed by Martians. Want to know, oh, like a po- like the leftovers kind of thing. And it's just him and his grandma and Natalie Portman, and they're trying to rebuild society. Natalie Portman is now president. Na- yeah, of course. She's been president Who else for would be? 20 years at this point. Yeah. Every <laughs> member of Congress is dead. They never just, like, restructured the American government. The closest thing to an elected profi- official that we have is the president's daughter. Who's been who's now been in charge for like twenty years at yeah. this point, but um, you want to know a funny tidbit? Yeah. 
So they were making the is based on the cards. Like I said, the card trading card series. Right. There's another trading card series that when they're deciding what to do, they were like, okay, there's two trading card series. It's either Mars Attacks or there's another one called Dinosaurs Attack. Uh, and they went with Mars Attacks because Dinosaur Attack would be too similar to Jurassic Park. Right. It would be. <coughs> but okay. I would be interested to see what this if this Tim Burton same movie but made as dinosaurs attack instead of Mar- uh, Mars. Yeah, I wonder you if thought it would be any th- better. You thought it was upsetting when dr- when Independence Day came out before your movie. <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine seeing Jurassic just the, Park. Ma- the majesty of Jurassic Park and the, oh fuck our movie we made our movie intentionally bad and Though speaking of Jurassic Park they actually that was one of the m- first movies to do like really effective CGI like Sure, really and I think that, the technology. that predated this movie, correct? Yeah, it so did. Yeah, so the CGI in this movie must be just pur- no excuse. purposefully bad. Yeah. Well, they were able to kind of... Yeah, that's true. That's, right. that's 100% true. Should we get into our, our top three? We're only going to do one top three this week, guys, but should we get into it? I'm ready to, I'm ready to go into my top three. So what is it this week? So top, So as we, as we said before, Jack Nicholson played two characters in this movie. Um, I think any mark of a... Of a prolific actor with a long career you want to at least do one movie if, if by play. the end of your career you haven't played multiple roles in the same movie you're not a real actor you're not a real actor you can't call yourself an actor you can't call yourself an oscar winning actor unless you win an oscar and play two people in the same movie so for this week our top we're going to do top threes actors or top three like actors that plays two characters in the same movie or multiple you know yeah what uh, yeah exactly so do you want to go first or should i go first up to you um uh, you should go first because i have if you say something i have i have a lot of backups okay uh so there were there's actually more than more than i expected there's a lot of good ones uh my number three is going to be lupita nyong'o in us us so us is a movie where every character plays multiple characters right wow but I didn't even think of us. Yeah, but hers is the m- the most meatiest role. I think she did. It's honestly a great performance uh, from f- from her in that movie. Yeah, hers is the only, also obviously movie where where you know a doubles attack and her double is the only one that speaks. And the the, the scene that sticks out to me the most is when the two families are sitting in the room together, the real family and the double family, and um the the the, the scary Lupita Nyong'o just starts speaking. She's like, once upon oh a time, that's that so horrible. Freaky movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's so jarring when you first hear her speak. That was a that was a Jordan Peele, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I lo- I enjoyed that movie a lot. I've watched it a couple times since then. But yeah, and Lupita I remember Nyong- liking it. Yeah, and uh, Lupita Nyong'o gives two great performances, and the twist at the end. I won't spoil it here on this podcast, but her two characters, the reveal at the end of their relationship is actually is great. So, uh, number three, Lupita Nyong'o in Us. Very nice. All right, my number three is going to be Austin Powers Goldmember. Nice. Mike Myers plays Austin Powers, and he also plays Goldmember, as well as I think some other characters in that movie, like the big fat. He wears like a fat suit. And plays a few. Michael Myers is. I mean, Mike Myers is often doing doing stuff like that. Yeah, he's he's having fun. He's having Those fun are his movies. Oh wait, he also plays like the bad guy. Uh, what's his name? Doctor Evil. Doctor Evil. Is yeah, yeah, I think you're right. He plays every character in that movie. It's really a Michael Myers. I think it's Mike Myers. I think Michael Myers is, is the, the serial killer. Yeah, but I guess his name is Michael. Eh? Sure, but I, I Mike think Mike Myers. Like, w- Did people say Mike Myers? Registered in SAG as Mike Myers, I believe. Okay, all right. 
You know what's funny? Mike Myers is, I think he has triple citizenship in America, Canada, and England. You don't say. I don't know why I know that, or I might be making that up, but weird, sounds weird right. Weird thing to make up. I feel like it's true. I really do, but I don't know. I, 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 I'm not going to verify. Um, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Should I go to my number two? Go for it. My number two is from one of my favorite movies, okay. uh, Nicolas Cage in Adaptation. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Nicolas Cage in Face Off. I have not <coughs> seen Face Off, to be oh, honest. Okay. But um, Adaptation. Adaptation, Charlie Kaufman, one of my favorite screenwriters. Uh, have you seen Adaptation? I did see Adaptation. He plays, yeah, he plays the writer. He plays Charlie Kaufman writing this movie based on the Orchid Thief. No, he's, he's trying to adapt the Orchid Thief. But he ends up writing the movie that he's in, which is what, 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 but uh, but he also has a fictional twin brother. In this he, Charlie Kaufman doesn't yes. have a twin brother, but he, he, in this movie, Nicholas Cage is playing Charlie Kaufman, has a twin brother named Donald, who's also writing a. He Donald is sort of like a bumbling idiot who's trying to be a screen like, just uh, isn't a screenwriter, but is trying to be, and he ends up being like way more successful right away than uh, Charlie Kaufman. And it's just very funny. It's a yeah. great performance by Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, uh, sort of. What are your thoughts on Nicolas Cage? He's become a, he's become a bit of a joke. He seem he no, he doesn't know when to say no. It seems like, but I he's he's, ha- he's given some amazing performance. He's a great actor, I think. I think what it is is I think he actually lost all his money. Is that right? And I think he had to say yes to some pretty ridiculous roles because he just needed he's roles. Ne- needed r- wasn't yeah. wasn't very liquid. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't very liquid at the moment. I don't know how he did that. <laughs> you know what's uh, yeah. You know what's funny. Do you remember, this is a personal anecdote, when we, we were in Bath. In, in England. Getting a, Yeah, getting a tour. And the tour guide was like, that's Nicolas Cage's, <laughs> like, he lives right there. Is that right? Yeah, it was like, he lives on this, uh, it was like one of those uh, crescent kind of things. And it's like, he lives there on one of the, the things with no, the door with no number on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, interesting that, fact. That unmarked door, that's where Nicolas Cage lives. <laughs> Nicolas Cage just has like an apartment in Bath. An obscure uh, city in, in England. Yeah, fascinating. That's a little tidbit. Do you think like uh, Nicolas Cage has like special permission that like at nighttime when the bath, the, the, the Roman baths are shut down, he gets to like go swim around yeah, in, the, in the green water? He goes does laps. That's how, he, that's how he stays alive. Yep, they say <laughs> at the end they everyone's closing. Oh, sorry, bath is closed. Yeah, everyone's leaving, and then Nicholas Cage coming in with a towel. Imagine like. R- hey Nick. Hey, how you doing? Imagine if burglars broke into the Roman baths at nighttime, like Stretch. thinking they're gonna steal, and then they see just Nicholas Cage like sitting in the in the water. Just goggles, doing laps. What do you think? What do you guys think you're doing? Uh, can I help you? <laughs> it's me, Nicholas Cage. They're trying to steal the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. All right, I'll go to my number two. Yeah. My number two. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to do the Winklevoss twins from Social Network. Winklevoss, but yes. Th- Winklevoss. Uh, that was going to be. Army Hammer. Cannibal. Cannibal Army, ha- Army Hammer. Yeah, which is now, who is now Cannibal, I guess. Canceled, because uh, it's cannibalism. <laughs> and all, also, also, I believe sexual assault, which is no joking matter, but neither is cannibalism, quite frankly, but I mean, it's just weird that. Who knew Army Hammer was going to be a cannibal? Yeah, I don't know what the uh, I don't actually know what the Army Hammer story is. I was trying to read an article, felt like it wasn't very clear at what the accusations were. Or he's what into some freaky, about. freaky shit. It did seem like he's just like a, a, a bit of a freaky guy. Yeah, but you kind of got you kind of I kind of expected that. But he plays the twins in that the, movie. The Winklevoss twins, right? The Winklevoss. They invent Facebook. You know what's a funny line? He says he's like I forget what the context is, but he's like. 
I don't care. I'm I'm six I'm six four two hundred pounds. There's two of me. Yeah, yeah, that's a great line. Six four two hundred pounds, and there's two of me. I'm sure it's the same for you, but that was the first time I'd, I'd ever seen Army Hammer, I believe, and uh, it seemed like it was two guys. It's like very believable. Seemed yeah, like I think that's true. I remember being shocked that it was. I was like, yeah, that's why not get twins? I'm yeah, it is still impressive that it's two different. That it's, it's, it's the same a good, guy. It's a good performance. Yeah, that's uh, right. I think it's. Yeah, he, he does it, like, super sincerely. That's a good example of playing two characters, but, like... Uh, they're pretty indistinguishable. It doesn't feel gimmicky. No, yeah, it's just, like... But, twins. um, you know what's funny? Yeah. The actual Winklevoss twins. You know those pistachio commercials where they have, like, a celebrity? Um, yeah, pistachio. Like this is a few years ago. The Winklevoss twins did one. Oh. They're real ones. Interesting. Another thing... Do they look similar to Army Hammer? They're tall white guys. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, another thing. This is my, this is my number one. But Jesse Eisenberg also plays two characters in the movie The Double, which You're is you're right. Movie. I saw that. Uh, but yeah, should I go to my number one? Yeah, go for your number one. My number one, and this was easy. This was far and away for me. Uh, number one in my heart and in and in my soul, and that's Lindsay Lohan in The Parent Trap. I watch Parent Trap. <laughs> yes, she plays. Sh- Lindsay Lohan has done that. She's played, or maybe I, I guess I'm just thinking of that exact that. movie. Yeah, she she plays her and a twin. That's like they're separated. Yeah. So the 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 idea is their parents were married and they get a divorce. And th- I've never heard of this being how a divorce is handled. But they say I'm gonna take one, you're gonna take one as they're little babies. I guess they're twins. Yeah, but it's like they're infants, and it's like I'm gonna w- the w- mother's like I'm gonna take one, I'm gonna move back to England. The hu- husband's like I'm gonna take one and open a, wa- a vineyard in Napa Valley. And they but then they end up at the same summer camp or something. I don't know how that I forget how that happens. Mm-hmm. But they discover that they m- oh we must be sisters. We look exactly alike. Yeah. Th- I think it says they're fencing. Um, I, and I mean hil- hilarity ensues. I mean they tr- they trap their parents into seeing it. It's a sweet sweet movie. Interesting. You know what? You know uh, my only recollection of that I movie. I think it might be a remake. I think she gets her ear pierced. Yeah, I think one of them has her ear pierced and one of them doesn't. And I think I remember that scene because <laughs> I saw this so long ago. I have like weird memories of like oh yeah that. Fair enough. A, lo- a lot scene. of hijinks ensues. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. All right, I'll go to my number one. It was not easy to, to pick a number one here. But I'm going to do The Prestige, Christian Bale. And you ever see that? Yes, and it's a good movie. E- Christian Bale and um, could even Hugh Jackman does the same thing in that movie. Different. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Christian Bale is the twins, but Hugh Jackman is, like, making actual doubles of himself. Right. He, he They're, like, competing magicians. Mer- he's drowning them right away. Yeah. I really enjoyed that movie. I thought that was like a really interesting idea done yes, well. Early Nolan. Uh, Hugh, mid 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 period Nolan. Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale do a great job, I think. And I'm just like magic. Enjoyed the whole magic thing. I, I haven't seen like a great m- magic movie since like maybe now you see me too, but uh <coughs> that's a really well done magic movie. The Prestige is a good movie. Yeah. It's like Nikola Tesla's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Not it's in like it, but historical it's historical like it's like but placed it's not. In it can't be. It's like placed, yeah, in a time period. It's a period piece thing. It's, it's cool. Yeah, it's a cool movie. I like that movie a lot. And it's like, yeah, Hugh Jackman ends up like figuring out how to make like a clone of himself, which is bizarre. But then he like just drowns the clones right away because it's all just for a magic trick. Yeah, I don't know if I love that part of the movie actually. Now I'm remembering. The but movie. the reveal, your pick was Qu- Christian Bale, and the reveal but of yeah. the trick, the secret twin Christian Bale thing is actually quite cool. Quite yeah, cool. The bird. They're, yeah. they're just so committed to being magicians. They're like, yeah. we're we're gonna pretend to be this. Really cool. I like that movie. I it was good. All I right. I, 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 do you have do you have um, you know, 
close, close. Uh, didn't didn't make your list, but uh, runner ups. Uh, I, I some runner ups. Army Hammer was a runner up for me. Jesse Eisenberg in the double. Back to the Future two. Michael J. Fox. That was one of my best. And uh, I think other people in that movie too. The Nutty Professor. I have Coming to America. Sure, Paul Dano and There Will Be Blood. I also wrote Mrs. Doubtfire. Hmm, interesting. Which I don't know if that would count. I would have maybe challenged you if you said that. Yeah, that's sort of a stretch. But he technically that's plays just a man in a costume, I suppose. He plays one guy dressing up, but he's but it. I would say like, it's definitely a stretch. That's why I didn't include it. But I put it. And as then, uh, as we mentioned before, the, the the late the late Peter Sellers and Doctor Strange Love. I also wrote Being John Malkovich. Oh, good one. Wait, Cause just because there's multiple John Malkoviches? Yeah, he plays multiple people. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, I also felt that one was a little bit of a stretch, which is why I didn't include it. And I also wrote Spaceballs with Mel Brooks. Spaceballs. Oh, you haven't seen Spaceballs? Maybe I'll take that as one of my movies. Not right after Mars Attacks. No, not right now. It's too soon. But Give me some time. He plays, Mel Brooks plays multiple characters. I think he does that in a good amount of his movies, actually. But that's a, those were my runner-ups. Nice. All right. What time is it? We're looking at hour 49, hour 40. Minus the 10 minutes. Hour 49 minus 10 minutes, so hour 40. All right. Uh, you got any closing thoughts before we wrap up? No. I would, I would recommend this movie if – would you recommend this movie? No. I don't think I would, honestly. I would say – it is one of those things where it's like, whoa, I have – how have I never seen this? There's so many people in it, and it's like such a – it feels like such a big movie, but I've never – it's like never heard anyone you know, talk about it's, it. It's all like, in good fun. I don't yeah. think you'll – you'll be okay if you watch it. If you want to watch it, watch it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you not to watch it. Well, you can tell people not to watch it. I'm not going to – That's the whole point. They want to they wanna know what these movies are like. I so can't tell you to them. watch it, but if you heard everything we said – in this podcast, and you, and you, and you think watch. that's for me, then go by all means, go with God on that one. I, I guess mean. that's, <laughs> I guess that's it. I would give it a nice recommendation. It there was no points where I was like bored and wanted to turn it off. I was totally in it the whole time. I was pretty bored. I was watching it in the morning, like nine a.m., and it was like, okay, I got, I think, oh my God, there's an hour <laughs> left of this. Wow. Okay. It's interesting. We had different experiences. But maybe, uh, maybe we should, maybe we should not watch it together more often. Yeah, I, I was thinking that because it's kind of like a groupthink thing. Yeah, and then it's. Yeah. Uh, so, but tell me, what are we watching next week? Uh, so, <coughs> next week, we are watching on Netflix, The Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code. Starring Tom Hanks. I would watch The Da Vinci Code so I could burn The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen The Da Vinci Code. Never seen it, never read it. I heard it was good. Yeah. I mean, I... I have no reason to think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be like... I think uh, it was a pretty popular movie back, back in its day. Film. I'm hoping it's going to be entertaining. Okay, so not the Snyder Cut. I was, I thought I I was, I was thinking you were going to pick the Snyder Cut. I was very close to picking the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. Four-hour four hour director's cut of the 2017 bomb And you know what? Justice maybe we League. should watch it on our, uh, in addition to and maybe have some thoughts. So you'd rather instead of watch instead of watching the Snyder Cut, you'd rather watch the Da Vinci Code and the Snyder Cut. Yeah, because I don't want to give a I don't want to actually give like a good a, a full on uh, breakdown on my thoughts about the Schneider Cut. I can't, uh, Schneider. Schneider. Uh, I just want to. Uh, I just I just want to say is it know if it's worth watching. It there's such a difference that it's like yeah.
for next week is the Da Vinci Code. If it blows code. me away, we'll definitely talk about it. But we're talking Da Vinci Code next. But I think we should do Da Vinci Code. I, I just have a feeling I'll have no thoughts about, about Justice League. All right. Well, uh, so there you have it, guys. Next, If you want to watch along with us, we're going to watch the Da Vinci Code on Netflix. Next Tom week. Hanks versus Catholicism. And uh, <laughs> remember, don't ever leave grandma behind. Don't you dare leave grandma behind. Sweet streams, everyone. Sweet streams.